Welcome to the Kerwin Baptist Church broadcast today. Our desire is for the Word of God to be spread throughout the world so that all may know Christ. Join us now for a portion of one of our services here at Kerwin Baptist Church, located in Kernersville, North Carolina. Today, as we've been going through this series of See My Jesus, we saw him as our shepherd, our potter, and our vine. And it's amazing how personal those things are. The shepherd cares for his sheep. And the potter takes tender, loving care, forming his vessel. And the vine, the vine dresser prunes those branches. And uh, today I would like to preach on this subject, Jesus, our high priest. Our high priest. You say, that sounds a little spooky. Oh, dear friend, this is the most exciting principle in God's Word that I have found so far. I wish I had a whole week to do a series on this. Maybe one day we will. But uh, today I am going to do something a little bit different. Instead of making you turn a lot, I've got to share some verses with you for us to be able to understand this subject of Jesus, our high priest. So I'm going to put all the verses on the screen for you besides our opening passage And I'm going to just give you the points. Instead of showing you the points, I want to show you the verses. Because I'm afraid sometimes we'll kind of listen to it read. And you need to see these verses. Hebrews chapter 9. And I know we're going to read 15 verses. And then we're going to pray. But please, if you don't mind, pay attention to what we're reading. Beginning in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 9. Then verily, the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service. And a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick, and the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna, and Aaron's rod that budded. And the tables of the covenant, and over it the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle. Now in verses 1 through 5, the tabernacle is described. And the two rooms that only the priest could enter. The first little room, obviously, was called the sanctuary. And that's where he went and did weekly day-to-day business. But in the second part of the sanctuary, they had a veil. And you had to walk through that veil. And that was called the Holy of Holies or the holiest part of the tabernacle back in these days. And the priest went there once a year to provide pure blood from a spotless lamb. And he did it on behalf of the sins of himself and for the sins of the people. In verse 6, now he's describing what the priest did when he went in. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest always went into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself And for the heirs of the people. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. Let me repeat that again. Please listen. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. 
which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Notice this. Which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. But Christ. There's those two words again. Aren't you glad they're there? But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Wow! All of our verses today will be coming from the book of Hebrews. You cannot deal with the high priest unless you deal with the book of Hebrews. Father, we thank you for these passages. Now, Lord, as we try to make clear the things from your word, Lord, I pray that you'd bless our efforts. In your name we pray. Amen. As I explain, the tabernacle in those days, you when you sinned and when you did wrong and everybody, by the way, the Bible says all have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God. And these days when you would sin, you'd have to go get a sacrificial calf or goat or lamb. And you would bring them and, and then you would offer them. And then the priest would take that offering and he would go into the sanctuary and he would do the work of a high priest. In other words, he took the place kind of as a mediator between the people and between God himself. And that priest out of the Levite people was the only one allowed to be a priest. They were the only one allowed to go into that two-room area of the tabernacle, the sanctuary and the holy of holies. And he would go into that sanctuary periodically offering sacrifice for different sins and different things. And They had different ordinances. And in that particular part of the, of the tabernacle, they had a table, they had a candlestick, and they had showbread. And that's when he would go in and do his work. But in the holiest of holies, there was a very heavy veil that separated between the Holy of Holies and the opening sanctuary part of that room in the tabernacle. Now in that particular room, and it sounds like Raiders of the Lost Star, in that particular room is this is what was there. And the Bible makes it clear in verses 3, 4, and 5, this is what was there. It was the holiest of all. It had a golden censer. It had the Ark of the Covenant. You say, did it exist? It absolutely exists. Where is it at? I don't know. Go dig if you want to find it. Notice this. Wherein was the covenant? It had a golden pot, had manna. It had Aaron's rod that budded. It had the tables of the covenant, the law. This was all sitting there in the holiest of holies. And over that were cherubims of glory, golden cherubims, shadowing the mercy seat. Once a year, that high priest would go into that holy of holies, and it was only allowed once a year. 
And by the way, if that priest went into that room and had any sin in his life that he had not confessed, that he had not offered sacrifice for, that he had not cleansed himself from, if a priest had even one sin that he had forgotten to mention, when he would touch that veil and walk into the Holy of Holies, God, because God is a holy God and God cannot look on sin, God would strike that priest dead. How'd you like to have that job? Let me tell you something. It wasn't fun back in those days being the high priest, and it's not fun now. You know, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility being a pastor. And I want to say this morning, I want to thank you for being the kind of people you are because you have taken it easy on this young guy. I know there's always things that you wish were different and wish I did different, and I know I will never be a Joe Myers. But can I say this? You folks have been unbelievably kind to my wife and family and I. You've prayed for us when we've needed it. You've, you've, you've cried for us when we didn't expect it. And I want to thank you. Nobody knows what a high priest goes through. Nobody knows what a pastor goes through. Nobody knows what a leader goes through. Nobody knew what Moses went through trying to lead those people through the wilderness. But I want to compliment you, Kerwin Baptist Church. You've been a great people to me already. Now we find something interesting here. That in verse 6 it began to tell what he would do. He'd go in once a year. And then the Bible does something very interesting. In verse 8, it says, The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet manifest. That means that there was somewhere that was even more holy than the holy of holies. There was somewhere that was even more special than that back part of that room in that tabernacle. And by the way, that particular tabernacle that they're talking about here, the holiest of all, we find later on that it is not built by man. It was not built on this kind of building. It wasn't a physical building like we've seen. It is obviously talking about heaven, the presence of Almighty God, the creator of the universe. And the Bible says in verse 11 that Christ, Jesus Christ, being come in high priest, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. Then, if you will, notice this, verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered once into the Holy of Holies. A priest, a high priest in those days, had to go into the Holy of Holies once every year for the sins of men and himself. But the Bible says when Jesus Christ came and became a high priest for you and I, that he only had to get in there once. And after he was in there once, it was over. Now, the Bible never says that Jesus Christ, by his flesh, walked into the Holy of Holies. So why does the Bible say that he entered the Holy of Holies once? Let me tell you who did it. The same person that ministers to you today. The same person that is drawing your soul right now. Anybody sitting here that you don't know for sure that you're saved. There's something we call conviction. And that conviction only comes when the Holy Spirit of God draws men. That's what you're feeling. When you do wrong and there's a pang of conviction. That's the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says when Jesus died on the cross. And when he gave himself as a sacrificial lamb. That he then became a high priest because he conquered 
conquered death. And when he gave his life, the Bible says at that instant that the Holy Spirit rushed through the veil of that temple. And that veil of that temple was rent in two. And the Holy Spirit took Jesus' blood and laid it on the altar. And because of that, no more sacrifices needed. You say, what kind of a high priest do we have? Well, I noticed two things about this passage. Number one, he brought his own building and he brought his own blood. It was a building that was perfect, not made by man. He didn't need our building. He doesn't need our tabernacle. He doesn't need our rituals or our ordinances. He has his own building that he's preparing for us. But what's even better, he doesn't need the blood of goats or calves or bulls. He brought his own blood to the party. What kind of... High priest, do we have? Leave your place right there in Hebrews chapter 9. We'll be coming back. I want to briefly show you. Look, if you will, on the screen at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. This passage tells me three things. Number one, he is a, he is a condescended high priest. What does it mean to condescend? It means to take, to take and leave your higher position and put yourself at a lower position. Look at the first part that we read. It behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. Let me read you a verse. Romans chapter 12, verse 16 says, Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. You see, the Savior says, Hey, don't think yourself higher than you ought to think, because the creator of the universe, Jesus Christ, left a perfect, holy heaven, and he condescended. He came down and became like us. You say, Why is that? He knew in order for us to be able to be like him, he had to become like us. He was God and he was man at the same time. And the man part of him suffered. The man part of him bled. The man part of him died. But the God part of him rose again from the dead. And he is our high priest because he condescended from heaven right here to earth for us. What a high priest this morning. You couldn't walk in this building if it wasn't for Jesus being your high priest. I notice, secondly, that this passage teaches that he's a caring high priest, not just a condescending one. Notice what it says, that he might be merciful. Can I tell you something? It would be enough that he purchased our redemption. That would be enough. It would be enough that he provides our needs. That would be more than we deserve. But let me tell you something. He has also given us mercy, and he cares for us. He's merciful with us. He puts up with our mistakes. Oh, dear friend, let me tell you something. Far be it from us that we would hold things against another child of God, that we would hold bitter feelings towards another person in our church or in our family when God himself cares and loves us enough that he's shown mercy to us. May we show mercy to others. I notice thirdly in this verse that he's a consistent high priest. Look, if you would, at verse 17, it says that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. He's consistent. He doesn't change. Guess what? You and I change every day. Everything in our society changes. 
It all changes. It all moves. Even the earth we're living on is moving right while we speak. Everything changes. But aren't you glad you got a consistent high priest? He's faithful to you. He's never let you down. He's never forgotten where you are. Those nights when everybody forsook you and those loved ones had treated you bad and you had nobody to talk to, he's the high priest that was faithful to you. He's a consistent high priest. Oh, dear friend, don't trust in me. I'm not consistent. I'm human. I'm flesh. As Brother Joe's one of the most consistent people I've ever met. But even he has changes. And even he has flaws. But our high priest never changes. He's consistent. He loves you the same now. And he loves you the same tomorrow as he loved you yesterday. He'll love you when you do wrong. He'll love you when you make mistakes. He'll love you when you blow it. He'll love you when you have success. It doesn't matter. He's consistent because the Bible says he is is faithful. Aren't you glad our high priest doesn't treat us like we treat him? Aren't you glad he is more faithful to us than we are to him? Isn't it amazing that Jesus doesn't say, hey, you know what, I know you have some needs right now, but I want to go to the beach for the weekend. The high priest doesn't say, hey, I know you, know, I know you got things going, but I want to go fishing. Hey, you know what? I, I know you're busy, but, and I know you got some problems right now, but you know what? I just I need a few weeks off. Let me tell you, sometimes days go by we don't read his word. Days go by we don't pray. Days go by we don't have a personal relationship with him. Tell him that we love him. Show appreciation to him. Aren't you glad he doesn't treat us like that? He's consistent. We're not, but he is. I want you to notice, if you, would, if you don't mind, I want you to notice in, ver- in Hebrews, well, let me read these verses to you about being consistent. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. What is that verse saying? That we have a high priest that has not only been faithful to us, but he's been faithful to his father. I want you to notice Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 and 16 on the screen. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 and 16. Notice this. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This passage teaches me three things about our high priest. Number one, he is a compassionate high priest. The Bible says that he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Notice, it says we don't have a high priest that is not touched. That's a double negative. That means this, we do have a high priest that is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Look at me. Our high priest is compassionate. He knows exactly how you feel, even when your family doesn't. Even when you can't put into words what you're feeling, the struggles that you're going through, the way your emotions are going crazy, even when you can't describe it to someone else and you can't really give barometer to what's going on in your life, you have a high priest that is touched with the feeling of your infirmities. He knows exactly how you feel. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he understands you even when nobody else does. There's nobody as compassionate as our high priest. 
Second thing I notice in this verse is this. We have a clean high priest. Notice if you would verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Notice this. But was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Can I say this? If Jesus had any sin in his life, when he would have tried to enter the Holy of Holies, he would have been killed. But he was perfect. He was spotless. He was sinless. Not sinless while he was sitting there in heaven. He was sinless even when living on this earth. He was tempted, this verse says, in all the points we're tempted, just like we were tempted, yet without sin. That means, fellas, he was tempted by women. He was tempted by Satan. He was tempted by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And let me tell you, every opportunity he had to do wrong, all in the back of his mind was this, I'm going to keep myself clean and pure because I'm going to be the high priest to these people. He kept himself clean. He was without spot. He's a clean high priest. Oh, dear friend, he couldn't be a high priest, high priest if he wasn't clean. He couldn't be a high priest if he wasn't pure. He couldn't be a high priest if he wasn't holy. Thank God for our high priest this morning. This verse tells me this. Look at verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. You know what that means? We have a close high priest. That means we can access him any time of the day we want. He's not some high priest that's far away, hard to get a hold of, never answers his phone, never calls back. I still have people complain. Not a lot. I have a few complain. Every time I call you, Brother Daniel, I can't get anybody on the phone. Do you have any idea how many phone calls I get during the day? I am sometimes on a call and get eight to nine calls on the phone while I'm on that call. Have some patience with me, bless God. I'm not God. I can't answer everybody at the same time. Man, give me a chance. Sometimes it's 11 o'clock at night. I start trying to return calls. And people are like, well, I'll try to get you. I can't get you. Give me a chance. Give me a break. I'm a low priest, not a high priest. Amen. And a fat one too, I know. Bible says this, because he's our high priest, you come boldly to the throne. He's close. He's waiting. Not only do we have a high priest that is close to us and is able and willing, but we have a high priest that desires to be closer to us than we desire to be of him. We have a high priest that wants to be so close to us. He is waiting for us. He is watching for us. He just loves it when we spend time. He loves it when we talk to him. He has nothing else better to do than to spend time with us. That's what he desires more than anything. He is close. He's there. And he's wanting us to spend time with him. What a great high priest. Bless God, I've got friends that don't want to spend time with me. And the creator of the universe wants to spend time with me. And he wants to spend time with you. So we can come boldly to the throne. You know what that means? We can have a confidence that he hears us and listens to us and loves us. I want you to notice Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26 through 28. The Bible says this, For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Now notice this. Who needeth not daily, as those high priests, to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins. Did you hear that? He said those little old human high priests they used to have, 
he had to offer sacrifice for his own sin before he could go in and offer sacrifice for the sins of others. And he said, Jesus, our high priest, he doesn't have to offer sacrifice for his sin first because he doesn't have sin. Notice this. I love this. And then for the peoples, for this he did once when he offered up himself. In other words, he made sacrifice for sin once. All it took him was once. All it will ever take is once. That's why when you're saved, you're saved. Because when he purchased our redemption, he did it once. And you only have to get saved once. Think about this, folks. The principle of Jesus being our high priest is the greatest proof of eternal security there is. Now, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. I'm, I'm not going to argue with you about it, but I want you to understand something. What kind of a high priest would he be if when he made sacrifice for your sin and you got saved and you could lose that salvation? What kind of a high priest would he be? He would have to keep going back to the Holy of Holies and making sacrifice for sin. You ought to get excited about that. This Bible says he went in once rent the veil of the temple. He doesn't have to go back into the Holy of Holies because he's purchased redemption. That means when you get saved, you can't lose that salvation. When you get saved, you don't lose it because you do wrong, because you didn't get it, because you did right. It's because he purchased our redemption. He's a perfect, faithful, sinless high priest. We only have to get saved once. <coughs> Aren't you glad you're secure today? We are secure in Christ because he's a perfect high priest. I want you to notice in this passage, though, verse 28, for the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity. That's the best the law could do, was to create a human being that still had sin. You know, that's the best we could do. The best of us still have sin. But notice what it says at the end. But the word of the oath, which was since the law, maketh the son, notice this, who is consecrated forevermore. We have a consecrated high priest. Yes, what does that word consecrate mean? It means to set apart. Notice that first part. For such an high priest became us. In other words, we were blessed with this kind of high priest who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Let me tell you about our high priest. He's consecrated. He is set apart. He's not like anybody else. He doesn't stoop to anybody else's level. He doesn't have the character traits of anybody else. Look at me. He is consecrated. He's different than Buddha was. And he's different than Allah was. And he's different than any other leader of any kind of religious organization. You know why? Because he's consecrated. He's set apart. He's not like anybody else. They're all over here together. And he is all over here by him. Himself. You know why? Because he's harmless. He's undefiled. He's sinless. He's holy. He's consecrated. He is set apart. Look at me, folks. Who you and I serve is set apart from anybody else than anybody else serves. They're all over here. He is on his own over here. I want you to notice, if you would, back in Hebrews chapter 9 that you looked at. I want you to notice verse 12. When it talked about Christ entering the Holy of Holies, it says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, 
having obtained eternal redemption for us. That means this, we have a conquering high priest. That means we have a high priest that conquered sin and death once and for all. We have a high priest that has won every battle he's ever fought. We have a high priest that has defeated and overcome any temptation that has ever come his way. He only had to enter in once. And when he did, look, he purchased our, not just redemption. Remember eternal security because he's our high priest. He purchased our eternal redemption. Amen. Dear friend, look at me. When you find redemption through Christ, it's eternal. I guess I'm the only one excited about a conquering high priest. Let me see if this will excite you. Look at verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. This tells us this, that not only is he a conquering high priest, but I don't even know what number it is now. He's a complete high priest. He's complete. He's got it all. Thank you for listening today. We hope you received a blessing from our broadcast. The Kirtland Baptist Church is located at 4520 Old Hollow Road in Kernersville, North Carolina. You may also contact us by phone at 336-993-5192 or via the web at kerwinbaptistchurch.com. Enjoy our services live and all our media on our website and church app. Thank you for listening to the Kerwin broadcast today. God bless you.